Hello and welcome to This Dummy, the podcast about dumb things, fun things, and another thing. I'm your host, David Clark, and this week, Jacob and I talk that talk about Sharon Osbourne, get rated R about Harry Styles, and discuss Brandy and Eve as a couple of good girls gone bad. Ooh, Nana, what's our name? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Excuse me. Thought I wasn't here by myself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Madam Housing Secretary had to gather them all up. Mm-hmm. Good afternoon. Please please respond when I say a good morning or a good afternoon, please. It's just common courtesy, right? Common courtesy. Bring it back. Well, they they learned that day. It's a new White House. How's it going? It's going okay. Yeah. A new experience to be doing this during the day. Yeah. Sunlight. Sunlight. We're in the good uh, daylight savings. Hopefully we don't go back. I'm ready for longer days. First full day of spring. That's right. Really switches up your mood, doesn't it? And I guess that's what's happening. So what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? I guess the Grammys were last weekend and we, 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 we missed that last episode. So let's start there. Yeah. What are, you, what are your Grammy opinions? Well, you know, I thought, interestingly enough, I think that the Grammys were really entertaining this year in a way that I don't think I was entertained in years previous. And I think it has a lot to do with COVID and the types of, I won't actually say restrictions. I think that because of the COVID restrictions, it really kind of freed the producers of the show up a little bit and allowed them to think outside of the box figuratively and literally. I mean, they were outside of the Staples Center in open air, wedding, banquet, tent, realness. Uh, And it was just, it was kind of cool, refreshing. I think the performances were really cool in a way that I hadn't seen in a long time. I think one of the big things is, honestly, there wasn't a huge audience interrupting with the cheers and the screams and the claps and this. I was okay with that. Okay. You were the only person. First of all, you're not the first person I've heard say that the Grammys this year actually seemed good. I didn't notice any sort of uptick in quality or in, in enjoyability from the uh, from the show. I thought it was fine. I always think it's fine. And I had it on in the background. But it is funny to hear you say that you think that the audience is what's wrong with the Grammys usually. (laughs) Well, maybe it's not the audience per se, but maybe it's the venue itself. Maybe the Staples Center, it feels a little bit kind of like cramped and stuffy and oppressive in a way that I always feel like the the show is somewhat limited in terms of the, the, the things that they can do just because they have that like I mean, obviously the Staples Center is huge, but I don't know. It just seems like the production and the like the, the design of it always just feels so cramped in a way that like didn't it didn't feel like that this this time around. Um, just looking at how the performances were staged and just the sort of kind of like organic way in which like the acts and the performances kind of like blended onto themselves and this sort of like jam band house of blues kind of collaborative way was cool i thought it was just fresh yeah i think you're onto something there i think that's exactly right whenever i think of the grammys i think of stale dusty musty boring and this idea that the performance the show this year uh gave all of the performances room to breathe 
like there was just more air in the room gave it this freshness. I think that's right because it definitely always feels stuffy. We got to ventilate it because we don't want those COVID droplets getting, getting out anywhere. True story. It was nice to see people also just in a public space, able to socialize in a way that we haven't really seen, I guess, in a way seeing Beyonce sitting at the table there. But here, here's one thing. You can't tell me that all of the participants in the audience had not already been double vaccinated. So I appreciate the use of masks and social distancing, but the queen would not have been there had she not gotten her AstraZeneca, okay? <laughs> I don't think she got the AstraZeneca, first of all. I don't think she's, she's taking any chances with blood clots. She got one of the good ones. Okay. Yeah. She got the best of the best. Yeah. Whatever that one is, we're not endorsing any specific vaccine, but probably right. not AstraZeneca. She got all of the things before she decided to make the appearance. So whether that be that, the hydroxychloroquine, uh, mm-hmm. all of those cocktails, the the uh, the antibodies, she had all of that before she was going to make her Grammys return. Exactly. She got whatever the Henrietta Lacks uh, batch was. <laughs> that's what she got. No, she definitely got her immune information, okay? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was a big night. History making, obviously, for her, big deal. She got 28 Grammys, I think. She won her 28th. She's now the most decorated Grammy singer uh, alive, beating out Alison Krauss, which, side note, I don't know who she is, except that she's a country music something or other. And that there's still one rando who has more Grammys than anyone, I think at 31, some random composer from Germany. Which is really interesting. Really? Well, what about Quincy Jones? I thought he was highly decorated in favor. She, I think, has more than Quincy Jones now. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. But also, most decorated singer. That's the thing. for gotcha. Beyonce. That's That's the asterisk on that achievement. But I will say the shade of it all is that the Grammys were so quick to celebrate um, what a milestone achievement this was for her. And Beyonce, I think, is synonymous with with excellence. Everybody agrees to that. But the shade of it all, she's never won any of the major awards. She's never won Record of the Year. She's never won Album of the Year. Uh, So it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Everyone wants to stand up and applause now, but it's like, where were you? Why weren't you running her her things back when she was killing it on Lemonade? Right. Meanwhile, on the flip side of that, Taylor Swift up here also making history, being the first female to win uh, Album of the Year three times, I think underscores that point exactly, that she gets to win Album of the Year every time she shows up. But Beyonce, who's literally the best we have, the best among us, I don't think anybody would dispute that. But we're letting uh, Taylor Swift take home these awards while she's twirling in a cabin in an L.L. Bean catalog. Good for her for putting out these quarantine albums, but they're not amazing. Yeah, Taylor's always getting her flowers. In fact, she was wearing all the flowers, too. Mm-hmm. And a coordinated mask to boot. Well, I'm still happy for Beyonce. I think that it's it, it, it doesn't take away from the the, the history of, of, her, of, of, of it all. And, and her win at least does mark that as an accomplishment. But maybe this go-round with her next album, she'll be considered... Maybe next time. The Beyonce <laughs> Knowles story. Maybe next time we'll see her value. Uh, any standout performances for you? Um, no, not particularly. Um, I mean, Cardi is always uh, 
a Cardi is always good for a, a spectacle, for sure. BTS, I gotta say that Bob Dynamite gets to me. It gets right into my TRL pop loving soul. And I love that they're doing their little Michael Jackson MJ slide shimmies and kicks in their impression. But also another sign of disrespect. It's probably the most popular band up there doing one of the most popular songs of the year, not nominated for nothing. And then they just get out of there or maybe nominated for one thing, one thing and didn't win. Right. Yeah. And I think the same thing goes for now. I was, I have to admit, I was impressed, thoroughly so, by Doja Cat's performance. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot to be said about her and her her artistry. And I don't think that she's been recognized in a way that other rappers, female rappers, have been acknowledged this year. And I know that there was a lot of kind of like rumblings and grumblings about her being sort of like problematic on the internet. Yeah, she's been recognized for something. It's like, did the cancellation happen? Did it not happen? Listen, I'm just going to go with it and say, I don't think that the cancellation has happened. And I I went back to her old catalog just to kind of listen to some things. And she's got some bops. And I have to say that I really enjoyed the Grammys performance. I'm not mad at that. I was not mad at that Grammys performance. And she was giving me, uh, I mean, for no other reason than the fact that she was giving me Janet Jackson kind of realness she was giving me those feedback vibes and that vinyl suit taking me right back to i forget i forget what it was called but that was a moment feedback was my jam when it came out except for that one line towards the end of the song that made the whole thing unravel well you know what we've all got to recognize that you know these are bodily functions and she just wanted to shed light on that okay yeah i mean take your moment i suppose (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, so I really enjoyed her performance. Uh, you know, Dua Lipa was there, too. I love Dua Lipa. I think that her future Nostalgia album will always sort of be marked in my brain because it, I think it was really one of the first major pop albums that was released during COVID time. So I spent a lot of time listening to that in the first couple of months of quarantine. It's a good one. And God, it's boppable. God bless her. It's super boppable. And... Uh, just listening to it now, I was I was kind of out and about and listening to it at a place. And I was like, oh, you know what? We really missed our opportunity to enjoy this, like on the dance floor at the club. So I can't That's wait true. until we get I can't wait till we get to the point where we can actually go out and dance and enjoy it. It was in my now, rotation earlier today on my bike ride. I was levitating. With the yeah. Baby. All right. Mm-hmm. OK. With the baby. That's right. The baby's performance. We'd be remiss not to talk about him, too. Okay. With his uh with his uh Grammyfied rendition of Rockstar. What'd you think of his uh Judge Judy backup dancers uh doing the milliwop in the back? I I I really I really enjoyed them. They were the breakout stars of this of this entire program. Yeah, I I have no comment on those those dancing Judge Judy's. <laughs> Make that statement, I guess. Black Lives Matter. Now, have you been able to make the distinction between Da Baby and Lil Baby? No. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> they are two de- different people. I just want you to know. Okay. I got a full tutorial for my mom this weekend because oh, you know no. she is. Oh yeah, oh, wow. she's a big, big. She's a big fan of Da Baby. Absolutely, and uh, she broke it down for me. So if you need, huh. a, if you need, if you need uh, sort of a, a tutorial. She's the woman to call. Yeah, actually sign me up for that masterclass. I need her to break down everything. 
well, maybe we'll have her on in a few weeks just to kind of give her perspective of, of things. Oh, yes, please. I want that. Now, I haven't given much attention to Harry Styles ever, quite honestly, but I will say mm-hmm. I enjoyed that performance mm-hmm. and I I enjoyed him mm-hmm. and I enjoyed all that leather. Those leather boot cuts. Even with the skin Grinch around his neck, that green boa, mm-hmm. I enjoy. I enjoyed all of that. I need to go and check out this watermelon sugar high. Okay, don't I, get too I, close. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that. He was giving me all the Mick, ja- Mick Jagger vibes. He's got those moves like Jagger. Hey, I'm not mad. He grew up while you weren't looking. He really got mature. Yeah, I'm not mad at Harry Styles. I'm not doing cartwheels over his music necessarily. I still firmly believe that he makes um, music for a VH1 era. Like, he could have been on a countdown in 1996 alongside Natalie Merchant and Sting on VH1. Um, But I do like his artistry. I like the way that he shows up. He stepped into a really interesting space. And uh, yeah, I'll watch that performance. Oh, so we're calling it artistry now. I'll call his artistry. His artistry. I enjoyed his artistry, too. I'm not going to lie. That's right. And giving me some Peter Gabriel vocals. Okay. By the way, and I think we've talked about this before, but if not, his cover of Sledgehammer on the Howard Stern show is impeccable. And he's doing it in this uh, Judge Judy collar with a pearl necklace. It's wonderful. And if you haven't checked that out, go get it. I love I'm living for this androgyny. Well, I I, want to hear some of this artistry. So let's listen to it. All right. vocals that's a good one it is a good one all right so i'm putting him in my queue then i'm gonna listen to him on my spotify next time i go for a little bit of a jog yeah work him into the rotation mm-hmm. remember when he used to look like um debbie mazar <laughs> that's is still... this back in the is that back in the one direction days i feel like it was towards the end of the one direction days it might have bro- broken them up but that's still my favorite harry styles period yeah, I think I, I can remember that. He had a shag. with It had little chunky highlights in it, perhaps. A lot of ringlets. That was the vibe. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feline features. One of the big winners of the night was Billie Eilish. Uh, she won record of the year. Billie Eilish? Oh, okay. Well, I just <laughs> I just showed my age there. Billy Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to pronounce her name. Billy yeah. Alish. <laughs> Billy A-list. <laughs> so Billy went ahead and won record of the year this year. Good Again. For her. Fine. Was Fine. this the second time in a row? Maybe. Don't I know. Think it was. Don't know. Don't totally care. Uh I don't fully understand our obsession over Billy Eilish. For me, this kind of files into the same category as our Lord obsession a few years ago where everyone thought she was the best thing to come along, and I just didn't get it. Like, Royals Mm. was a pretty good song, but everything else after that was not interesting. Billie Eilish, I think, is fine. I like that dynamic she has with her and her brother, but her music is just not interesting to me. Uh, I have to disagree. I do enjoy her voice, the quality of her voice, and I like the production of a lot of the tracks that they produced. So I 
I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy what they're offering. Now, you know, in her acceptance speech, there are a lot of people that were up in arms about it because she did say that Megan the Stallion actually was the true winner. And she kind of gave the, I don't deserve this, you deserve this, but I'm going to take this award still speech. Where's, but, where's the lie? Well, where is the lie? True. Yeah. But I think, you know, she's still really young. She's, I don't even think she's 20, 20 yet. I think she's still a teenager. She's a baby. And yeah. she's just a baby. So, I mean, which is why her I will say time. I'm not giving her a hard time. I'm not against her at all. I just, you know, I'm not exactly yeah. showing up to the show. I know. But I, I think that, I mean, she's incredibly talented. And I think that that was just an honest, uh, you know, that was just an honest reaction from her. I think that she genuinely has a really love and respect. I think that probably Megan is one of her favorite artists that she was just trying to pay her uh, her respect to her. So Who I think was that's mad funny. at this. Who was mad at that? I don't know. The children on the internet were just talking about it. That's mm-hmm. all. Well, let I'm them be here. mad. Adele did the same thing to Beyonce when they gave her that award when it well, should have been nominated. Were, yeah. That's what they were likening it to. So, you know. It was a woke army that was a little too woke, maybe. Well, her her music will put you right back to sleep. <laughs> that Bond single, anyway, Will. Did you watch her $25 million documentary on Apple TV Plus? I have not yet. It's because uh, you still you? haven't cracked the code. And no, uh, I'm not going to. You're not going to do it? I'm just not going to. Also, that, that price point doesn't make any sense to me. $25 million. She is not that Interesting, but I guess Apple TV is at the point where they'll pay anything for content, which is fine. Well, no, I haven't watched the documentary. I will say I am slightly interested to hear what she has to say because I haven't seen many interviews with her or her brother. So maybe I'll take a take a look at it. Phineas can get it. All right, now simmer down, simmer <laughs> down. Okay. Oh, suddenly you don't want to talk about From the eyelashes. Harry and his pearls. <laughs> Now you're talking about Phineas. <laughs> we also got the debut performance of Silk Sonic, Anderson Pack, and Bruno Mars' team up band. Yeah, Do you like that? that yeah, uh, that's that a single? solid groove. It's not it it doesn't have a ton of stickiness for me, but it's good. It's well made, it's well sung, it's well produced. Um I'm not quite sure it's in regular rotation yet for me, but I've been looking for Bruno Mars. Honestly, I like him. Uh, and I've been looking for a new Bruno Mars something or other for the past. I agree. Months. I've been looking forward to a little bit of a Bruno Mars performance. Another this, I think this is one of my last big, large format concerts that I went to prior to Armageddon. Bruno Mars and show? A Bruno Mars show. Absolutely. It was fantastic. I mean, he is a good unmatched in terms of his performance and he's great. Uh, I like the smooth groove of uh, Leave the Door Open. You know, it's giving me Jackson 5 tees. Or should I say, it's more mature. It's like Jackson 55, <laughs> if you will. But I like it. It's I giving did. me that elevator that. Muzak feel. I didn't need I'd that. St- I'd stay in for a couple extra floors just to listen okay, to it. Okay, yeah. All, all Let the, the track through. play out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of new tracks, my girl, mm-hmm. Gwen Stefani is taking another swing at a pop single with slow clap let's listen
right. This, All right. Is, this is more of a return to form for Gwen Stefani. My only concern here is that I think she's gone through too much of an identity crisis already that this doesn't feel authentic. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's going to be able to reel it in now because she, like you, like you said, she has kind of jumped from genre to genre and trying to find something that sticks. Now, you know, it was just announced that she, I think Hollow Batgirl is now certified as five times platinum. Great. I don't think that this slow clap is going to get past gold, maybe. I don't know. We'll see how people respond to this. But, um, foil. <laughs> You know, I'm always here trying to support Mike Gwynn, but I don't know. This this team up her, here with her, her fiancé, Blake Shelton, is just, it's not a good recipe for successful music for me. And she was just on Jimmy Kimmel talking about how, you know, she passes, you know, all of like the music to, to Blake to listen to. And she really, really, you know, uh, values his feedback because he's been on the voice for 12 years and he has an ear for music. And I'm like, Oh, but mm. he's got an ear for country music, country though. music. That's it. I need, I need you to get back with Pharrell and give us some avant-garde beats. Who with did this urban one? Flare. Is this a Pharrell? It's like a, it's a Pharrell sound alike. I don't know. It's, it kind of sounds like for, but that's kind of one of the problems. It feels a little bit reductive and dated. I want to say that she's been working with Ryan Tedder a lot. I know he's like a songwriter, but whoever yeah. produces his stuff with those that like synthy piano in the back that you can hear, it sounds like it may kind of have that DNA. That's but interesting because Ryan sure. Ryan Tedder has a very distinctive signature. He has a very that One Republic, obviously Beyonce, Halo, EXO, and Kelly yeah. Clarkson vibe. You can hear Ryan Tedder. I don't hear him in this production. But if he is on it, well, then I guess good. He is a hit maker. But yeah, that team up with Blake Shelton is not the right move for Gwen. It is not the recipe for a comeback. It's a recipe for a retirement plan. Well, we'll see what happens. She says she's recorded 100 billion songs over Zoom during the pandemic, and hopefully something will yield favorable for her. My fingers are crossed. I all I think that, you know, she looks gorgeous and you can't take that away from you her. You can't take that away from her. She can can't. still snap a good picture. You That's know what my, right. one of my favorite factoids about Hollaback Girl is? And I just heard this recently. You may know this. Yes. Pharrell mm-hmm. and the interview with Naomi Campbell. That yes. whole That whole song is based off of a, a Naomi Campbell clapback. I mean, she told Pharrell that she was talking with some of the guys, and this was right after Hollaback Youngin had come out. That's right. And she was like, listen, I am not some type of, I'm not like one of your Hollaback girls, okay? So you don't come to me with that. She said, check your lipstick before you come to me. Exactly. And that stuck in Pharrell's head, and next thing you know, it's Hollaback Girl. So someone needs to run Naomi her check. No kidding. I mean, five times platinum. You cannot ask for a better origin story. Pharrell's about to have another uh, uh, Blurred Lines lawsuit right. in a That's second. Right. You better be careful. He, he spilled all the tea to Miss Naomi. Shouldn't that story. She's litigious. She's calling Jacoby Admirers as we speak. That's right. As soon as she gets her hazmat suit on. Maybe she should. Maybe Gwen should run songs past Naomi because she's clearly the hit maker. Obviously. She needs to get into the, the songwriting lab with her. Speaking of people who still look great after... Ugh. 35 years looking exactly the same in front of our eyes. 
You know, I will say one of the nice things about COVID is that we've uh, been able to showcase and feature people uh, doing things that under normal circumstances, like they probably wouldn't have done. And her talk show is one of those things, that no filter with Naomi. It's been really a lot of fun to kind of watch her sort of take on this new role as interviewer. And, you know, she's kind of, she's like, she's doing it all. She's a Renaissance woman. She's writing and producing the show right in her beautiful Soho loft somewhere and talking to everyone from It is Christy a beautifully Brinkley appointed space, yeah. To Jean-Paul Gaultier, to all Anna the, Wintour. All of she the She gets greats. all the A-list. Everybody. She gets all the A-list. A-list she all the way. Yeah, it's incredible. I will say, I will say as an interviewer, she doesn't listen that well. She's not a great listener. It's all about Naomi anyway. It's just people who are all, like, you know, there for the ride. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm more interested in hearing what Naomi has to say because she has some stories. She all has of lived. the stories. Yes. She has lived. Oh, she's so So it's great. great to kind of see her in that format. And it, it is a lot, a lot of fun to watch. I wonder if someone's going to give her an actual legitimate show. It's mm. a good question. Do you think she wants that grind? I don't think she wants it. I, I, I think she, she wants to call the shots as she sees them. And, and this is the perfect way to do that, for sure. Yeah, I mean, she's not even coming back to that Amazon fashion show. Right. Yeah. Uh, friend to the show, Johnny Coda, was the big winner last, last uh, season. No, Very exciting. And I liked yeah. it. It was well done. It looked expensive. It, you know, looked global. Loved it. The only thing I will say about I that know. show. Here we go. Here we go. Let's have it. I loved everything about it from except. the visuals to the contestants, except the music cues. Where did they? They they, 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 not they enough Billy Eilish. Not enough Billy Eilish. There was no Billy. There was it, it was more like Barney and Friends. I mean, what was that music? <laughs> they didn't. They did not have a budget. They they spent it all on Naomi's wardrobe. Clearly, I guess so. the music well, that's money well spent. You know, someone else needs to run Naomi her flowers for trying to warn us in advance about. Uh, hygiene and sanitation, let me just add, because she was really one of the pioneers of the wipe down game. She Did you see really her airplane was. routine? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That PSA absolutely, for the whole world, take this seriously. I absolutely took notes after that. I went and ran that YouTube back a couple times of her wiping down her seat. She had the, the wipes, she had the cover. She's also got a video where she has this whole like vitamin and mineral routine. And she talks about how you have to maintain your immune, the immune. She doesn't say immune <laughs> system. She just calls it the immune. So check your immune, yeah. kids. Check your immune. Oh, she's the best. Well, Becky from the real world homecoming tried to protest that she wasn't a hollaback girl. And that did not go well for her this week. Can I tell you, I am so obsessed with this real world homecoming reunion series. I love it so much. It is my destination Friday night viewing on Paramount Plus, a subscription I was convinced I would have to cancel because it was CBS All Access before and I was only watching The Good Fight on it and that whatever the $10 a month or whatever it is for that eight weeks a year when I have a show that I actually want to watch came on was not defensible. So I was ready to pull the plug on it. And here we are. With all of these real worlds, starting with that original cast from 1992, having the same conversations that they had in 1992. And Becky, you couldn't have a more perfectly named villain having this conversation. I mean, the only... 30 years later. She could be... If her name was Karen, that would be the only thing that would be better. Yeah, Becky, Becky, Becky. She just really... 
there has not been any evolution there in terms of her her point of view. And wow, this week's episode was something else. Talk about another gift from COVID, because I think under normal circumstances, they wouldn't have been able to get all these people back together and back in the house at a time like this. So do you think so? Or maybe they would have. Maybe they would have. Well, how much do you think they were paying them for this season for this whole thing? Oh, I don't know. Uh, certainly more than the like twenty five hundred dollars or whatever they got to do it the first time. Oh, was that it? It was something like that. Uh, it was twenty five, five or seven. It was one of those for the whole season, which is wow. nothing. And then they only got paid like seven hundred dollars to do appearances after that. They paid these kids no money. And you know what? I think that they had to have rewarded them handsomely for this. Then I think that they had to have given up a little bit of money for this this time in this go round. But um, yeah, it's 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 such an interesting. Um, it's so interesting to watch this because it is such a cool exercise in sort of like anthropology and sociology, just watching this, this, I mean, this series, but also looking back at the old series, because I've been watching the older episodes too, in conjunction with watching uh, the homecoming episodes every week. And it's just fascinating, like the way in which things change and how some things just continue to stay the same like over a 30 year time span it's 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 really exactly because if you look at julie she's done a complete transformation her evolution oh, is let remarkable me tell you, honey julie is woke okay she gets julie was it. spitting all the facts no printer okay you hear me like she definitely <laughs> has i am so angry too. at you <laughs> You really tried to slip in all the facts, no printing. Like it was an expression. Well, there you have it. I'm pressing charges. <laughs> but uh, Julie, I, I, she's done a complete um, sort of turnaround from that last time where she got into that argument with Kevin. And it was just really nice to see. That was kind of really one of the uh, encouraging things to see, just to see her growth and her evolution just with these last couple of episodes. But Becky, back to Becky. I mean, do you want to set it up and tell us what's been happening with her and Kevin? Because this is this. It, it kind of spilled over from like episode two. I think they were all in the living room and they were having this discussion, which I think he initiated, right? Yeah, I can't remember how it started. What were they talking about? I think that they were just talking about life and current events and, you know, this is with BLM. And I think this sort of just came up. And I think that Kevin was talking about how, or someone kind of just acknowledged how, you know, this must feel really vindicating for Kevin in a lot of ways, because he had been talking about these issues 30 years ago. And I think that's what kind of like, led yeah, to the yeah, exactly. And Heather B was like, where's the lie? You know, you, you may come across as a little angry back then, but it's because nobody else understood. Now we have this lens, the national social conversation has changed. People are paying attention. So yeah, it must be validating that more people are kind of seeing your perspective. And then in comes Becky trying to draw some distinction about how not every single thing is a, is a BLM race racism thing. And the two of them trying to have a conversation and then trying to exempt herself by virtue of her education and her background and her, what is her worldliness? Her she had been to the South of France. Exactly. With all of her things, her luxurious white things and her luxurious white education in, well, yes, she was like, Kevin, she's like, I'm woke. No melatonin here, my brother. I was like, oh, my goodness, Becky. Oof. Just sit down and listen Oof. for one minute. 
you know, she gets into the point where she's like, she went to this, uh, you know, she went to some kind of like sweat lodge and she was with people of all different races. And she said, I lost my color. She did like, a couple of dance classes with black Brazilians. Right. She's like, I, I, there was no color. I lost my color. It was like social vitiligo that I had. It was like, no, no, Becky, that, like, no, no, Becky, please stop doing this. But don't go there. That's enough, girl. Yeah. <laughs> And it's that very idea that I know every black person has been having these conversations for the last year about how white progressives do the most daily harm. Thank you, Robin D'Angelo, although maybe white fragility is canceled now. But white progressives do Mm -hmm. the most daily harm to people of color because to the extent that they think that they've arrived in their wokeness, they will expend their energy trying to convince you that they are one of the good ones. And that was so textbook. And it's so interesting it to was. see that because they didn't film this that long ago. They filmed this in 2021. This was a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, they filmed it in January. <laughs> yeah. After yeah. a year of BLM that she can still show up with a camera on her. She's got to be have a greater sense of self-awareness and be so wrong and so persistent and not listen. Well, Becky's absolutely one of those per- people who who don't have a television in their house and talk about how they don't have TV at every single waking moment mm-hmm. to make themselves feel superior. Straight off superior. the list of stuff white people love. Mm-hmm. Expensive sandwiches and difficult breakups, telling you that they don't have a, a television, and then telling you about your culture. <laughs> but have you seen The Wire? <laughs> <laughs> That's where she had her education. Oh, man. Becky is bonkers. Oh, Mm. yeah. When spoiler alert, unfortunately, Becky uh, bounced at the end of that episode because she just didn't feel like she was being portrayed in the most positive light. Not even that. She bounced because, wait for it, she felt like she was being attacked. (laughs) Right. That's right. She was being attacked. So she had to remove herself from that situation, which... In the past couple of weeks, how many white people feeling attacked have, have left cushy situations? <sighs> got Pierce. We got Sharon Osborne well, over at the talk. We got everybody. Here we are. Well, I guess she's maybe, maybe she's over there uh, at the Becky bunker with Sharon, kind of weathering the storm because uh, talk about a show I don't even really think. I, I don't <laughs> think, I think I've ever watched a full episode of, but. Everyone is now talking about the talk because of this whole brouhaha with Sharon and Cheryl and what happened there with Pierce and Meghan Markle. Wow, the interconnectivity of this all, this crazy universe here. But here we are. There are through lines. There are through lines. Now, I, we all know that I am a staunch The View devotee, so I don't watch the talk. But I got caught up Just on, on this. principle. On principle, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, well, break it down. What happened? Well, basically, Sharon Osbourne took to Twitter after Pierce Morgan canceled himself and then blamed, tried to blame cancel culture uh, to defend him and said something to the effect of, people don't seem to understand that you get paid for your opinions and having an opinion is not racist and I stand by you or something like that. Whatever it was, it was strong and wrong. Uh, and they brought it up on the talk where, guess what? You're on a daily talk show where you talk about shit. The Harry and Meghan interview is the most talked about thing that happened on your network, by the way. So yeah, your response to it is probably going to come up on your talk show the next day. But she still... Right, don't act surprised. She was so brand new. 
she came on, she felt ambushed by her co-hosts who had the nerve to have questions for her. And even though Cheryl, in her calmest, most composed, most self-possessed, gathered tones, asked her some really reasonable questions, she couldn't have laid it out more carefully, which again is triggering because of the way that, you know, Black people need to show up when they introduce these questions at all because of the white fragility of it all. And she just... The backlash against Cheryl was so strong and so fast. She started swearing. She she started demanding Cheryl point out how Pierce was racist and where she and her life had ever been racist. And how could she be? And the portrait of this white woman demanding answers from this black woman on national television, telling her not to cry, that in fact she is the one that should be crying again, weaponizing those white tears while sitting there next to her dog, at work (laughs) like there couldn't have been more things the The absurdity of it all just no self-awareness yeah just she said she felt like she was in the electric chair oh my goodness putting the onus on cheryl to explain racism to her was again is another textbook white fragility move i mean yeah incredible and apparently after this confrontation with Cheryl happened, uh, there was a human resources um, complaint that was filed, and that then caused the talk set to be shut down. I think now indefinitely, uh, while HR executives kind of review the things that have transpired, because there's an, an, an well, I, sources are saying that it's Elaine Welterworth that yeah. that's the the new talk co-host. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, actually filed it. She and her hairstylist filed went it. Went straight to um, HR, and I love it. They went. Mm-hmm, they went straight to HR. H, they went straight to HR and filed that paperwork. And now they're doing a huge investigation. Uh, but also, show, so. look at the way that these mechanisms, these systems, kick in to protect white women, because anyone else. Sharon would have been removed from the equation. You wouldn't have had to shut down that whole show, that whole money-making operation and run reruns. The problem Mm -hmm. person would have been removed. But here, there needs to be an investigation into the whole thing and shut the whole thing down. Put the whole operation on pause. All frozen. Everybody is on ice. Holding this single white woman accountable for saying some wildly out-of-pocket nonsense. Mm -hmm. Well, Holly Robinson, Pete, and Leah Remini, former original... Uh, co-hosts of the show had a lot to say about Sharon Osbourne and alleged, uh, I know Leah Rimini alleged that um, she had overheard Sharon saying a lot of racist things towards their former co-host. There was, there have been a lot of co-hosts on this show that are no longer there. Musical the chairs, musical chairs. But, uh, you know, that seems um, part for the course for that kind of show though. Yeah. That just keeps on turn. The revolving door there is crazy, but uh, Leah, uh, has alleged that Sharon has used insensitive and racist language towards Julie Chen as well. So a lot going on over there, Miss Sharon. I'm surprised that the Osbournes still have employment. Like they're another MTV relic that just feels like of that time and like so unnecessary in 2020. Like who is actually really paying to hear Sharon's opinions and point of view like it just feels like such an old dated and antiquated kind of form of entertainment that's like, absolutely I, I, right i don't i don't get it and how was she queen b over there at the top honestly from Leah day one holly, no kidding Leah and holly were the most entertaining of 
out of all of them, and then they got fired. Now that's where the HR investigation should go down because how did they get fired? They were great. They were too ghetto. They, they, according to Sharon, they were too ghetto. A word that she's never used in her life. Certainly not the on camera nerve. multiple times. The nerve. Never even heard it. How do you pronounce mm-hmm. it? How could she be racist? Well, pff, I guess Eve knew a thing or two, and she bounced last year. She had had enough. I miss Eve. Well, miss her no longer, because apparently, according to Deadline, Eve is going to co-star with Brandy on a new pilot. Aren't they relaunching UPN? <laughs> You'd think so. Maybe uh, ABC has bought some of the IP there, but... I love this, actually. So even Brandy are slated to star in Queens, which is a pilot that will be shot uh, uh, for ABC. Now, according to the logline, uh, Queens, four estranged and out-of-touch women in their 40s, three of them played by Brandy, Naturi Naughton. All right, she's Three LW, okay. Employed, okay. Legitimate actress. That's right. They reunite for a chance to recapture their fame and regain the swagger they had as the nasty bitches. Okay, now wait a minute. I don't like why? that. Why? I don't That's like that necessary. part. Why did, why did, like, now that would have given me pause signing on for that. Like, mm-hmm. no, I, I, clearly, whoever, okay. Who, the writer, there, is there melanin in the writing room? I don't There's got, there better be. There better be. So far, because no evidence. they're going to have to change that because that's all. Okay. I, uh, okay. Now that gives me pause. That gives me pause. But I do miss Eve. And it's nice to see that Brandy's back in action to acting. A little bit yeah. of a UP reunion there. But nasty bitches, really? Nasty bitches? Yeah, I don't like that. And honestly, I wish that this was a half-hour comedy instead of an hour-long drama. Yeah, if they can kind of retool this, that might be a better idea. Well, like I said, it's just a pilot. It hasn't gotten a pickup yet, so I don't know. I'm not getting, um, like, equalizer quality out of this. I don't know how long (laughs) this is going to (laughs) last. Well, that's true. Uh, Queen Latifah's already employed, so I wonder who they'll cast as the fourth person. Vanessa Williams? They always have her on speed dial. <laughs> she, can't she, she can't, she can't do, do everything. She can't do everything. Maybe but... Vanessa Williams could swoop in and play their pebbles. Oh, that would be great. Because this is giving me a TLC vibe. You know what? You got a point there. I know. And ev- Vanessa Williams makes everything nice. That's right. And they love her at okay. ABC. I got it. We Tisha got Campbell. It. Call send, her up. Send us our... There we go. The, there and, we go. and she can sing. All right. You're welcome, y'all. ABC, send us our checks. But change the, I mean, they don't, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to be doing the nasty bitches. No, we're going to tell you that right now. So you don't get yourselves in, in hot water. Don't I get mean, canceled before could, the pilot. There are so many different types of 90s group uh, name uh, algorithms out there that you could have <laughs> applied to this. Like mm-hmm. it could have been uh, Fortune's uh, cousin. You know what I mean? Or exactly. something. I don't know. Yeah, Exactly. Fortune's cousin. Gemini's you know, twin. Yeah. Gemini's twin. Nasty bitches. Do we not really this. have to go there? All right. Please don't no, take not, not, the not. star of your beloved 1990s Cinderella story, Brandy Norwood, and make her one half of or one third of nasty bitches. One quarter of nasty bitches. However Please don't many do that. No. Well, we'll just time will only tell to see how far that goes. I don't think we'll have to wait too long. You check out any Falcon and Winter Soldier? You know what? I did. 
And, and? I am deeply conflicted about it. Uh, oh. Because fresh off of WandaVision, which for me was so good and so interesting and really inventive. And it took uh, a series, frankly, I wasn't, I was nervous that I wouldn't be interested in because I thought, what an odd thing to take these two characters and take them through the timeline of uh, sitcoms from like the 50s through today. It seemed really a strange setup, um, but really well done. And yeah. Disney Plus, well produced, super well executed. And then we're swinging into to Falcon and Winter Soldier, two characters I could not care less about. Anthony Mackie, really an, an actor less. I could really do without in my life. Anthony Mackie, to me, is like a corny Will Smith. I feel like I've said that here before. And Will Smith is already a corny Will Smith. Don't need him. Also, two sidekicks to the least interesting um, Avengers Marvel character, Captain America. Who cares? That's what they should have called but, this. <laughs> this series. It's a, it's a who's who of who cares. Yeah, you know, they definitely grabbed my ear after watching WandaVision because I had that kind of skepticism when, you know, it was announced that Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany were going to have their own show about Wanda and Vision. And it just, I was like, oh, this is this. How could this possibly work? But I will say that it was it was really well executed. And I was very surprised. And just the 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 amount of different moving parts that they were working with, just like all the sort of intersecting parts in terms of like the different genres, being it be like a, a Marvel comic universe show based on the movies, based off of the comic book, and just all the different nods, to all the different. Um, sitcoms over you know the last like you know 50 decades from the dick van dyke show to brady bunch to malcolm in the middle Malcolm in the middle yeah to modern family it was just synthesized in such a, a unique and well executed way it was great and it was i i watched it from start to finish and it was it was it was really entertaining yeah, so it, it re- and it even took a katherine hahn who i don't always care for i know people love her and it made me really like her. That character, that reveal was really interesting. I don't think it 100% stuck the landing in the finale, but I'm still very excited for this uh, new Doctor Strange movie um, and to see where the story evolves from there. Do you, Now, I guess we won't be seeing much of her in the Doctor Strange movie, given uh, her fate at the at the finale of WandaVision, but I was hoping to see more of her. I wonder if she will be in the MCU I think in, that in, she in comes movies. back. I think they put a, a neat little bow on her, so she's exactly where she needs to be when we can pluck her back out. I would be surprised right. if she didn't come back. Because now she's such a fan favorite, I think it'd be hard to kind of just leave her there and not utilize her. Because, yeah. She's, she's a fan great. favorite, and also from all of the Marvel rabbit holes I went down on YouTube to figure out who she was and what was actually going on, I know that that character is a pretty big deal in the universe as part of um, Scarlet Witch's story. So if that goes any further in these new Marvel phases, then I think they're going to need her to build that out. Although they're saying that they don't have any plans on doing a second season of WandaVision. I'll be interested to see how long that that lasts for, because given its popularity... And, well, and given how, well, it doesn't seem like Falcon and Winter Soldier will go much further than a well, you can't season, base given, base. given your review. Given my I review. Know. I don't think they're going to base anything. <laughs> they don't need me to like it. Because, unfortunately, I am going to watch it start to finish because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on any of these Easter eggs. And I'm kind of a completionist that way, especially in these Marvel stories. 
Um, so I'm going to want to see what fits in and where. And Don Cheadle is in it. So Don Cheadle is in it. So there's got to be there's got to be something. There, at least there, there is that saving grace that Don exactly. Cheadle. You're going to get me with the chest of Cheadles. <laughs> what if what if now what if things did not go left for old boy? What was his name? Terrence Howard. What if things didn't go <laughs> Tony. left for him? Tony. Tony. Tony, yeah. I'll never forget that. His performance in that first Iron Man <laughs> was wild. Was really <laughs> wild. It was offensive. I, I think that was probably one of the best decisions that we've had ever. <laughs> because we'd have a whole different cinematic universe. We really would. With Mr. Howard. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't picture him wearing the um that suit. Well, could you imagine what that perm would go through under that helmet? Oof. It would sweat it. <laughs> it would sweat, <laughs> it, sweat out. it out. Yeah, there would have to be a, a, a separate cooling chamber in that helmet. Mm-hmm. Just Absolutely, to keep those edges intact. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now I really want that series. Oh, Please, now I really someone put together a deep fake. He did have his own spinoff. I mean, he did have his own spinoff. Oh, it was right out of a job. His moments on Empire and just throw the helmet on. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Deep fake Don Cheadle out of all of the Marvel movies and replace him with Terrence Howard just so we can see what it looks like. What would have happened? Oh, man. (laughs) You've been listening to This Dummy with David Clark and Jacob Jeffries. Find us on iTunes where you can leave a review and drop us some stars. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.